speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Telling Father Elwood, I thought that gospel reading should have a parental rating. It's rather grim and drastic. Thanks to Jason for his wonderful talk on stewardship. I want to uh, kind of refer to that in a moment. What a week it's been. Woo! You watch the Pope. It's kind of taken over the news media. It's wonderful to see a Christian leader get that much attention. And uh, people take him seriously. Um, he spoke in Congress for 50 minutes, which is great. He hit a lot of hot-button items, showed his courage in speaking of things. But I was hoping that the representative of Christ on earth would, might have mentioned Christ once. <laughs> Congress. Anyway, he's doing a great job. Then there's, uh, it was Yom Kippur this week. If you have Jewish friends, you would know that they finished their 10 days of awe on Yom Kippur, which is their most holy day of the year. And it is the precursor of our Easter, Good Friday and Easter. It's found in Leviticus chapter 16. If you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. You won't really, we won't really understand what happened with Christ on the cross until we understand the Day of Atonement, the Day of Covering. And it also is where we get our phrase, the scapegoat, from. So it's kind of fun. And then with, uh, from the uh, Muslim faith, of course, there was that tragedy in Mecca where 700 worshipers were trampled. Just heartbreaking. Um, it's funny, this week I got a, uh, an email from a, a Saudi Arabia representative asked if he could come, we could just talk about what Islam is and isn't. Of course, the Hajj is, one, is the fifth pillar that uh, uh, dutiful Muslims are required to do if they're financially able, physically able, that they must visit Mecca. Uh, but they have these ongoing tragedies there, so it's really heartbreaking. Uh, John Boehner resigned, kind of thrown in our political discourse at the moment is uh, rather crazy, kind of crazy. Uh, turn with me, if you will, to the gospel reading. The last phrase is one I hadn't really mentioned, noticed before. I remember Jesus saying, you are the salt of the earth. I don't remember him saying, have salt in yourselves. What's that mean? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So that's kind of what I hope that the takeaway from today is to have salt. Salt has something to do with judgment, it seems, because just before that, it said everyone will be salted with fire. And he's talking about how people uh, might face judgment. That it's better to be without your hands or feet and get into heaven than it is to have everything and yet not be right with God. It's really, it's a severe uh, passage. I don't think Jesus meant for us to start cutting off our hands and feet. Just let me be clear about that. But it does get your attention, doesn't it? What does cause us to sin? So in the passage, we have this uh, strange exorcist uh, who's exercise, casting out demons in Jesus' name, but he's not one of us. So we try to stop him. And Jesus says what? Don't stop him. If he's doing it, let him do it. If he's not against us, I thought it was a great example for our political parties to say, you know, in so many ways, we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to care for people, trying to make an America a great country again. We're trying to do what we can. Let's try to get along. He then goes on to say, uh, don't make one of these least of these little ones to stumble. Do you see where it says? 
Whoever, uh, for, in verse 41, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you bear the name of Christ will by no means lose his reward. And if someone puts a stumbling block before you, before one of these little ones, the Greek word is micron, the smallest of the small, and I thought it was fitting that this was in our gospel reading when Pope Francis is in town because he has directed our attention, I think, in so many ways to the little ones, to the littlest among us. Jesus here uses this as a reference to us who follow him. To follow Christ doesn't mean we're going to be big and important in the world. It means we're little ones. We're invited to become like children and follow him. So then he turns his attention from us causing a little one to stumble to us looking inside. See in verse 42, in verse, uh, verse 43, if your hand causes you to stumble, if your feet cause you to stumble, if your eye causes you to stumble, well, of course that's not what makes you stumble. It's our heart, isn't it? But it's that sense of earnestness. How serious are we about our faith? Look back just over in verse 13 of the psalm. Just, just right the next column over, verse 13. Above all, keep your servant from presumptuous sin. And I think so many times what affects the Episcopal Church is that we're complacent, we're overconfident. Uh, at 9 o'clock, we had Sports Association Sunday, and uh, it was great. We had a great bunch of kids coming in their sports, uh, sports jerseys and sweaters. And it uh, made me think that when I was growing up, if something was kind of uh, you know, below the belt, if someone was kind of dodgy, we would say that's kind of bush league. Did you ever say that up here? That's bush league. That's minor league if something wasn't really up to snuff. Something, someone did something that was mean or inadequate. That's Bush League. And we want to be in the big leagues. We want our faith to be major league faith. If you're going to take the time to follow Christ, to nail your colors to his cross, let's do it right. Let's get serious about it. Has anyone here ever run a marathon? Marathon runners? Awesome. Uh, triathlon? Triathlon? Whoa, Okay. You know, I'm so impressed when you meet these guys. They're watching what they eat, where they sleep, when their practice is. They're serious about it. And I thought, that'd be great to be serious about our faith in the same way. Let me tell you a quick story to illustrate that because it relates to the greatest moment in Canadian sports, which the anniversary is tomorrow, September 28th. We had a Texan who was our youth worker up in Canada. He said, you need to know two days about understanding Canada. One was July 1st, 1867, when Canada became a nation. And the other date, you need to remember, is September 28th, 1972. Canada's hockey team had dominated the world scene from 1920 to 1950. But then they put in a rule that professionals couldn't play. And in Canada, of course, all our best players went to play professionally in the NHL. And they wouldn't allow them to play. The Soviets thought they had a trick up their sleeves, so they didn't call them professionals. They, told us, they really told us they were in the army or something, but they played hockey full-time at the highest level. So they came to dominate. So we finally got, uh, we arranged to have the, what was called the Summit Series of 1972. We'd have eight games, the, Russia, the Soviets against the Canadians. Well, the Canadians were so confident. There wasn't one sports commentator in Canada that thought the uh, Soviets would even win one game. We didn't even train in the summer. 
our guys came to the series out of shape and smoking and drinking and thinking this is going to be so much fun. Well, the first game, they shellacked us 7 to 2. And ever, the whole country was in turmoil. What's going on? Because this wasn't just a hockey series. It was communism against freedom. It was dictatorship against democracy. And uh, all of Canada uh, was involved very much. The second game, we came back and we beat them. 4-1. to one, Kind of evened it up. Next game was a tie. So we're going head-to-head. -head. It's pretty even. And the last game in Canada, they beat us again. So we have to go over to Russia and a deficit thinking, what's going to happen? I mean, this was just something that couldn't happen. The next game, back in Russia, the Soviets beat us again. We're two games down. The next two games, we win. Both, score, both winning goals scored by a guy named Paul Henderson. And then the next game, uh, we went, were losing the game. Tied it up going into the third period. With 30 seconds left, it's still tied. Paul Henderson gets on the ice again and scores a goal. It was ecstatic in Canada. I remember the day clearly. All the schools stopped their classes, brought the TVs into the gyms. All the businesses closed. Paul Henderson scored the winning goal of the last three games. He came back to Canada a hero and realized that he needed to be more serious about his game playing the Soviets. But he also came back as the most famous man in Canada and he was unhappy. He had a beautiful wife, great family, was rich, famous, and he was unhappy. And he reached up in the counter. Somebody had given all the Toronto Maple Leafs a Bible, nice leather Bible that he'd never touched. He brought it down and started to read it. And he came to Christ in a very real and strong way. He went on to become a motivational speaker with his wife. That's how we should live our faith, in the big leagues, to have salt in us. Salt is meant to give flavor. Does your faith bring flavor to your family and your community? Make it more palatable? Salt is also used to be a preservative. Is your faith helping to preserve people, preserve values, preserve graciousness, forgiveness, love, and mercy? I loved what Jason said about people didn't come to him to talk about the sin of greed. We have lots of sins in our life. If we want to be serious about it, if we're going to follow Christ, if we're going to make an impact and be salt and light in the world, then we need to get serious. This is a rather bracing gospel reading. But it draws our attention to the fact it's a real world out there. There are real problems. There are real challenges. And God wants you to be a part of the solution. God wants you to spread the aroma of Christ. God wants you to stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. We have so much. We've been so blessed here. So let's keep on. Let's encourage one another. And let's live out the gospel of Christ. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.